Day two in camp meeting. Yeah. Is, is Brother Brad walking around the altar? <laughs> <laughs> Not to make up for what I missed. Yeah, I know. Where was you at, by the way? Just having to work around the grounds. Oh, uh, well, here we are. It's the board members of the camp meeting. The old potterator. I, can I be the chairman of the board? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't expect anything different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. We got the... Chairman of the board here, your humble potterator, Devin Birdsong. The old deacon, he's a board member now. Yeah. How do y'all like being on a camp meeting board? It's, it's a pretty impressive feeling. I, I liked it because me and you, deacon, got to be in church last night. Yeah. It was a tremendous service. I sure wish Brother Brad would have yeah. been able to be there. Yeah, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes things goes on during a camp meeting, though, that you got to get taken care of. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got a good service lined up today. It's camp meeting season. It is. it is. Yeah, it's in the air. We've talked about it. We've anticipated it. And uh, we've got a lot of stuff planned for the meeting. Brad, do you mind to tell us what all you was into? Well, there's always some some plumbing issues going on during oh. camp meetings. So. Well, I was noticing when I drove up last night <laughs> <laughs> that some of the yellow light bulbs hadn't been put in. Yeah. yeah. Those have got to be put in to keep the bugs away. We've got to make sure and watch for the uh, fresh white paint. Around the bottoms of the trees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he missed one. He had to touch it up last night. Yeah. He was already in his church clothes and yeah. somebody came and told him, you got to get your white paint bucket out. Yeah. You missed one. Yeah. There could be a kid or something hiding behind that one. Yep. Yeah. Wasn't that what we thought that was? We talked about that. I mean, that may just be native to central Oklahoma. And I think we need to go ahead and introduce the night speaker, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. We got brother Jonathan Aaron Brock, the second here. Welcome to the program, Brother John. It's an honor to be here. Oh, man. It's probably the biggest honor you've ever had, right? <laughs> probably so. Have you ever been a part of a bigger count meeting than what you are right now? <laughs> no, I haven't. Stepping into day two. <laughs> yeah. So we talked about the different things that's, uh, you know, different things going on. And we talked about this white paint issue about three or four feet up on the bottom of the trees. Mm-hmm. We were having a discussion before the meeting started like boards do. We talk about stuff. Right. Right. I always thought it was a insect repellent. I never knew what it was for. I just remember as a kid being handed a paintbrush and a bucket and said, <laughs> go paint around the bottoms of the trees. Yeah. It was because y'all were buggers and they were just getting y'all out of the way. Like, <laughs> yeah, paint every, every tree. Yeah, every tree. <laughs> go. That must have been it. Yeah. That's a cheap investment to keep a couple young guys busy. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is. It kind of sounds like me and you are lazy on the board. No. Because Brother Brad's out doing like multiple chores and there's multiple board well, members. Well, we, we did stuff to prepare. Yeah. We just work in the altars, wasn't we? Why? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, we're getting the altars out of the cook shack. Oh, yeah. Along with the 364 benches. <laughs> yeah. 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 Brad was out spraying wall spray and. Yeah. One of the dorms, there was a big... <laughs> Setting mousetraps. Yeah. <laughs> Checking mousetraps, probably. Yeah. 
Yeah. Man, it's good to be in camp meeting, though. There ain't nothing like it. We talked about the other day. Y'all really like camp meeting. What's some of your favorite memories of camp meeting? Well, I remember, I don't know about just favorite memories, but I, I have distinct memories of camp meetings. Any of y'all ever been to one where they had the, the shavings on the the ground? Oh, yeah. You know, you don't ever see that anymore. Yeah. Brad's no. looking at me like I'm <laughs> yeah. 100 years old. He's Are you talking about shavings show? off of the razor? <laughs> <laughs> that was at the end whenever it really got a house cleaning, boy. <laughs> There was whiskers mixed with the shavings. Well, this is night two, so we might have some of that. Yeah. Oh, it's building. Yeah, there's no doubt building. But yeah, that was. I remember a few camp meetings that they'd bring in fresh shavings to put on the floor. I I went to a brush harbor one time that my granddad was preaching, and they had shavings on the floor. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I've wondered about that though since then. You know that the brush didn't keep a whole lot of the moisture. From uh, falling down, it's probably pretty sticky around the altar. Yeah, yeah. yeah there'd just be sawdust flying, and someone get the blessings of the Lord on it. <laughs> someone get the shaking and trembling down in the in the shavings. Yeah, yeah. you knew they was getting that second definite. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you, Brad? This is also not a favorite memory, but I do have a memory at a. A youth camp. We been. do like camp meetings. We We're, do. <laughs> just not favorites. Yeah. <laughs> there was a. It was, you know, how overflow crowd. There was chairs out from underneath the tabernacle. It had, Why, been, sure. it had been raining. Everything was really muddy, and there was a young man that was pretty uh, zealous out uh, shouting amongst the folding chairs. And that was back when. Are after you talking in third person? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> but I witnessed this. Okay. And after <laughs> this the service, wasn't Brad the young man. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Uh, once the service was over, you had to gather up the folding chairs and take them up to the kitchen, so you had enough chairs to to set at and yeah. eat. But this boy had knocked over a good number of them over into the mud. But I was one that had to go pick them up out of the mud and carry them up to the kitchen. So, Man, he was destined to be a board member back then. <laughs> yeah. What a servant that Brad was, even as a child. So I felt like that guy was in the flesh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no spirit about him knocking all those chairs well, I was, over. I was definitely in the flesh having to pick him up out of the mud. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Brother John? Oh, man, I've got a lot of camp meeting memories. Which the background for Brother John is your dad's been on the Bristow Camp Meeting Board for... I would say close to 30 years. Yeah. and Chairman. Well, yeah. Yeah, don't... He hasn't no, been chairman for 30 years. Chairman. that long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you served on the Youth Camp Board for a number of years. Yeah, several years, probably 10 or 12. So you've got to see a lot of the behind-the-scenes work at a camp. <laughs> a lot of the plumbing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Plumbing, plumbing, yeah. and more plumbing. Yeah. What's a couple memories? You know, from behind the scenes, one of the first memories that comes to my mind was uh, at the new Bristow campground. Mm -hmm. There is a uh, trailer park that runs right down the side of the campground, and the sewer had backed up as a plumbing issue. And myself and Dad was out there, and a couple other men from the area was working on that, knowing what we were doing, what we were into, and then five minutes later, Dad's back up on the platform, you know, yeah, getting service <laughs> going again. It's just it's those things that nobody else sees. Yeah, yeah. like nothing you have happened. to be a part of. Yeah, yeah. You got a twelve hundred people that's needing the restroom. Got to get that fixed, and then right back up on the platform. Everybody don't see that side of camp meeting. Yeah, it's right. It's definitely a part of it. They're like, like, don't stand by Brother Aaron for a little while. <laughs> yeah. yeah, working don't, on the plumbing in your suit. Don't shake his hand yeah. tonight. <laughs> yeah 
Well, and me and brother Devin, I believe it was Blanchard camp meeting in 93, 94, probably 94, 94 that we got reacquainted. We had known each other since we was real young, but I can remember vividly us getting kind of that friendship back and we sat behind your mom there on the side out in some folding chairs or lawn chairs. And I think we got in trouble several times for being noisy. But. <laughs> well, Blanchard Camp Meeting in particular, it's it's kind of intriguing to think back some of the vivid memories of just the campgrounds itself. Yeah. They would stack all the pews, altars, all that inside the cook shack mm-hmm. during the year, which was an old block building that they raised the sides on that had, had uh, screens all the way around yep. during camp meeting, which for some reason we never chose to go eat there. <laughs> yeah then for their water fountain a little block building with barrels inside that had these wa- water spigots that came through the little block wall mm-hmm. and they had a community cup <laughs> yeah i can remember as a child dad taking me to the community cup it was aluminum or something yeah. like that yeah. right yeah and he'd he'd get a little bit of water in the bottom of it, swish it out, <laughs> chunk it out in the grass, <laughs> and then fill it up, and get me a good refreshing drink. <laughs> yeah, you always had to slosh it around just in case there's yeah. something lingering. Welcome to the days of COVID. That don't happen anymore. Yeah. No, there was always a pretty bright yellow light out there. Yes, sir. There, so yeah. you couldn't really see what you was drinking. Yeah, so maybe that was the the reasoning for that. I remember one year we were late teens. It was on a Sunday, so it would have been the last day of camp. And a bunch of us young people were sitting right outside the tabernacle. Uh, the preacher was preaching. When he gives his altar call, everybody's standing, and he's walking back through the crowd asking people to come pray. And he, he got right close to me and pulled the microphone down, and he asked me if I was saved. <laughs> I'm like, I was so offended. <laughs> I thought, do you not know my I, last name? Am I not bearing fruit? <laughs> Bird song, does that ring a bell? Yeah. <laughs> so I head to the altar. <laughs> I came into this world saved. <laughs> you don't know GW? <laughs> oh, man, good memories. That is funny that he called you. <laughs> yeah, I was so offended. Like what a rebellious yeah, looking. All these man. have I kept from my youth up. <laughs> I was playing the bass up there just a while ago, sir. <laughs> no, no. You should have just sent him over to Dustin's way. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think Dustin was close by. He was probably hitting me to get my friend. <laughs> yeah, uh, he could tell. He yeah. knew the Wakely name. Yeah. That's a good boy right there. Man, good times around camp meeting, huh? Yeah. It is. Man, growing up, you didn't even think anything about it. You know, it's it's not as much a part of my life as it used to be, but dad used to preach multiple, you know, back-to-back count meetings, and we just traveled all summer. Yes. (laughs) Some of them, man, would go 10 days. There was was a multiple that I knew of that had two weekends in it. If you didn't catch them on the first weekend, you'd get them the second. I remember, though, going, if your dad was the the speaker, then you had to be there the whole thing. Oh, no. And I remember like being there Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, and it's just like, none of my friends are here. Yeah. And then you'd see this old boy that you didn't really even like very good. <laughs> you just, oh, man, what's up, man? I'm so glad yeah. to see you. And you was friends with him from like Wednesday to Friday to your good friend. <laughs> and then you're like, 
Oh, uh, see you, dude. <laughs> I'm just thinking back in '94. Was yeah. it? I was there the first part of the week, yeah, Dustin. I think I, I he was think a I, Wednesday, he was a Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday, Thursday I friend. Was huh? I remember talking to you the Wednesday, and then I was yeah. Like, yeah, Devin, who? <laughs> but it was funny though how how you'd long to see as somebody that you knew. Good times, huh? Yeah, it was good memories. Well, we brought Brother Brock here today to uh, talk to us about the midlife crisis. Are you in one? <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> the last 10 minutes I have been. <laughs> Some kind of crisis anyway. Uh. For those of you that don't know, this is Tam's 88 Key's husband. The better part of the Brock family, I yeah. promise you that much. <laughs> He's very nervous about the service getting turned to him. Yeah. Yeah, we're not just going to turn it all over to you. Yeah, we're here to help you. We're going to back you. That's what I'm afraid of. He's like, I'm going to go it alone, guys. Yeah, I want a brother Judd to deal with the youth, and he did. Man, he dealt with the youth. Had a burden. Yeah, buddy. Off to get the tape. Catch up. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Tape ministry is a part of camp meeting. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Well, you should have been able to hear it. Yeah. You know how you hear it sometimes when you walk Off in the distance. Yeah, Yeah. well, they were singing when we got here. I know it. Get old camp meeting singing. Should we address this before we turn it to the night speaker? Well, I'm a little worried about the offerings coming in this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had to do some upgrades this year and buy right. new yellow light bulbs. Yeah, right. We, we were running in the red before we got started here. We'll make a big push the last night. Tomorrow night we'll make a Tomorrow big night's push for be the a offering. Big push, yeah. yeah. Maybe do some pledges. Yeah. Yeah. Next year's. Yeah, I am having a midlife crisis now. <laughs> <laughs> Come on the wrong night. <laughs> no, John, you and for those of y'all that don't know, Brother Jonathan's my brother-in-law, so I, I call him by his first name, not disrespectfully. We was in prayer. We was praying about who to give this. I don't think you prayed let's long not, enough. Let's don't stretch it. Yeah, don't, let's don't get on that. One, one day when we was in talk about this camp meeting. <laughs> No, we want. We I wanted you feeling. to come on, and I wanted you to come on here and talk about a message that you preached, talking about embracing the different seasons of life. Tamara bragged on it, but she's not the only one. Wow! You know, it's really good when when your wife calls and brags about it, like on Monday, whenever it was preached, Sunday sometime. If I'd have known she bragged on it, I may not be in a midlife crisis right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, that no. I I kind of wanted to, you know, brother Judge dealt with the youth, and so I wanted you to kind of cover midlife. Well, that message really, I've only preached it at our church. I've talked about it a couple other places, but it just came into my heart when I was dealing with some folks that would be considered in midlife. I thought they were having a meltdown, just some things that they were dealing with that they weren't handling well, and then seeing that in a lot of my friends when they come to that point in life, just not dealing well with changes, kids getting older. Obviously that brings change and things that we don't like to deal with. And it was about the time that my son was talking about getting married. And obviously I thought that was way too young, even though it was the same age I was when I got married. (laughs) Right. And uh, it's just amazing, you know, how it changes your perspective of it. And me and Tamara was talking about it one day and, She said, you know, our kids deserve the same opportunities that we had. And a lot of that coming together in my mind, obviously, was on the text in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 that deals with those extreme changes in life when it talks about a time to be born 
But then there's a time to die. There's a time to plant. There's a time to pluck up. There's a time to weep. There's a time to laugh. Just that thought came into my heart, really. I mean, in all seriousness, it was in a time of prayer that we need to embrace the time that we're in because so many people spend their life looking back longingly. I wish I could go back to that Mm. or maybe looking at tomorrow thinking, man, I can't wait till tomorrow gets here. Just like we've just done about camp meeting. Yeah. Yeah, Day one and day three. Yeah. Let's embrace day two just for a minute. (laughs) No, seriously. Through day two. Uh, (laughs) Let's take an offering in day two. Yeah. (laughs) No, seriously. To understand the, the moment that we have. And, you know, I've heard a lot of people quote, and I'm sure you have as well. The Bible talks about now is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. And and we quote it a lot of times by saying today is the day of salvation. But the emphasis was so strong that he said now is the day of salvation. This now moment. is the accepted time. This moment that we have is really all that we possess. We can't find our way back to yesterday. Right. There's no roads to yesterday. And really, we don't know about tomorrow, but we have today. And just that thought of embracing the season that we're in and enjoying it. Me and Tamara have dealt with young parents that just wish, man, I wish my kids would get a little bit older, you know, Mm -hmm. the stress of that. And we would try to tell them, you guys don't understand the gift that you have right now. Right. It might be stressful. It might get on your nerves to some point, but I promise you tomorrow you'll look back and wish I would have, I wish I would have clued in a little more at how precious today was and just each season that we have in our life embracing that. And then we've dealt with parents that come to that point of empty nest. And the only thing they can think about is their, their kids and wishing that that was back to where it was. Those changes in life always bring us good things, right? They always bring us times that are profitable in our life. If we just embrace it and enjoy it and understand God's got something in mind for us right now. And also during that time, which there's, you know, I'm sure like every preacher, there's a lot of thought that goes into messages. But I was driving down the road in January. I noticed a farmer. It was a simple farmhouse, a little farm there. And the farmer was working with his tractor. It was bitterly cold. And I just felt in my heart just to pull over and watch him for a little bit. And I pulled over the side of the road. I was some distance from him, but he was anticipating what that season had for him at that moment, he wasn't planning anything. He wasn't ready to grow a garden, but he was anticipating what tomorrow would bring. Yeah. And I noticed as he got that tractor out and began to plow that dirt, there was nothing that he was doing that day that was actually going to make a garden except getting ready for what was coming in his life and just embracing that bitter cold day with anticipation of what was coming tomorrow. I feel like at any age, but especially in this midlife, whatever, wherever that starts and wherever it ends, if we would just embrace the moment that God has given us, how powerfully that could affect our lives, not look back at tomorrow and wish, you know, I wish I was 20 again, or I wish, you know, I could get to that retirement age. Just embrace the day that you have. Very good. And that's the reason why we had you preach today. I've never thought to stop and watch another guy work and get a message out of that. That's that's good times right there when you watch somebody else work. That'll pull you out of a midlife crisis. Yeah, we watched Brother Brad a little bit. Yesterday? I didn't get a message out of it, though. That is true. It's very true what you said about sometimes you can't enjoy today for wishing. And and it's like you said with young 
children sometimes you're like man i wish i wish he could crawl if he could crawl then it'll be fun well then then it could talk and then walk and whatever the yeah the way it may be but then if you're not careful you're not enjoyed a minute of what they've been going through it's hard to just stop sometimes our lives are so fast i know yesterday really was youth but you ask a kid just about of any age how old are you my next birthday, I'll be. Yeah. yeah, it's always trying to get to that next moment, yeah. right? And then you ask somebody in their, you know, their midlife, which I just come through my thirties. Mm-hmm. When I was thirty nine, I'd tell people I'm just barely in my thirties. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Always trying to back it up. Hold yeah. on, brother Brad, are you in a crisis? No, I think he's yeah. going to the altar. <laughs> no, I'm so, I think we can fall in here with him. And- I'm also barely in my thirties, but on the other end of it, right? So, you know, I think I'm okay for now. <laughs> Man, isn't it crazy how fast time does fly, though? And you, the changes come so oh, rapid. Man. They do. It's I mean, unbelievable. It a year just goes by, and you're just, yeah. you know, it's another camp meeting. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, we talk about life going by so fast, and I think part of that is is not enjoying the moments that we have. I realize it's fast paced. Mm-hmm. I realize we're busy doing a lot of things, but a lot of times it's simply because we don't embrace the moment. It's because we're always planning what we're doing next week, next month, looking for that vacation, and that's that's all good. But what about the moment that we have right here? Yeah, those are powerful things that God has given to us to just embrace now and enjoy right now. Yeah, whether it be a Monday or a Friday. Yeah. It's still the day that God has made, and we can rejoice in it and enjoy that particular season of our life. We live our life on the highlights, and you forget what happens in between those. And, you know, camp meetings and youth camps growing up, you know, looking forward to being with all your friends and all the excitement that brings. And there's a ton of life in between that, between vacations, between birthdays, Christmas. There's so much life in between. Oh, man, it does. It flies by. And I think what you just said really really struck home is it's not that it's going by so fast. We're just not enjoying where we're at taking the time for that. Brother Devin, if I could push the issue just a little bit right there. And I know yesterday was, you know, covering the youth, but so many young folks talk about if I could just find the will of God, like it's something way out there in the future that if I could get to that point and understanding that the will of God is a development in our lives. Yes, sir. And then you deal with people in their, you know, midlife, and they're looking back wishing, I wish I would have done something about God's will like it's something they can't do now. Like they missed the opportunity to get God's will in their life or find God's will in their life. And if we could just help people to understand that part of finding God's will is embracing the very moment that you're in. Right. And understanding that God's will is not a destination, it's a journey. Yes, sir. And as you live out your life, you become what God wants you to be. I remember talking to a young preacher, and he was telling me, you know, if I ever get called to pastor a church or if I ever, like, if that don't happen, I'm not going to do these things that I feel God dealing with me. I'm going to wait until I get that call. And I just, I tried to encourage him. God is trying to develop that in you now. Yeah, God's trying to work that into your heart now so that you will be what you need to be when that comes in your life. It's very important for young people to realize that the best advice I got as a young person, when I did feel the call of God on my life was you walk today in preparation for what's going to happen whenever it does. Exactly. And when you first feel the call, you're not, you're not prepared then, but God's going to take you in a place to where he will prepare you. Don't put so much pressure on yourself right now. Let that develop in you. But in the meantime, Live life. 
me and Tamara have talked about it so much about how certain things that happen in our life, which I joke about it, but the seven years that I sat under dad in his ministry and just, you know, worked with him basically, there were so many times that I thought I was going to be a professional prayer request taker because that's about all I'd done. I didn't preach. I didn't, you know, do a lot of things during that time. But a lot of times it'd be, John, take prayer requests, take prayer requests. But when I realized the preparation that was coming, visiting hospitals, going to nursing homes, just doing the things that dad done on a regular basis and him teaching me how to work through those things, I wouldn't take for that time. Yeah, Those were moments that prepared me for where I'm at now. Because it's not just standing behind a pulpit, but it's embracing those seasons. I remember Tamara started going to a nursing home. It wasn't a nursing home service. She just went and she would sing to those elderly people and, you know, pray with them, spend time with them. And then when we had our our children, she would take them. And those times were times that we reflect on that God was making us what we needed to be. Right. And there's times that we just know that it was preparation because we embraced what we were doing. Right. If we would have sat there and said, you know, if if I can get a revival and evangelize or if somebody will call me to pastor a church, we'd probably still be sitting there. But when we embrace the opportunity that we had in front of us, teach the young folks, play volleyball with them, spend time with them, go to the nursing home, go to the jail, whatever the opportunity was, we embraced it at that moment. And I feel like if there's any credit that goes anywhere for where God has taken us, it's just that we embrace those seasons in our life. I uh, preached for a man that had been pastoring at that time, like probably five or six years. He was quite a bit older than I was. I think it was, you know, probably his third or fourth church to pastor, doing very well. And toward the end of the revival, he came to me, and I was just commenting on how I felt the church was doing. We was having a good revival, and he was somebody that was one of my heroes. And he said, I just don't know if I'm supposed to be here or not. I had in my mind, once you pastor, you're good. He said, a man never quits searching whether this is God's divine purpose for you or not. And it kind of gave me a wake-up call because I was a really young preacher then, and and I was thinking kind of in terms of, man, if you could just get there, if you could just be the pastor, you'd never have to worry about anything again. Maybe that's off, totally off subject. I don't think it is because, Brother Devin, Something that I have felt God deal with me personally in the scope of this issue is that so many times we try to make harvest season 24-7. All year long, we want it to be harvest. And certainly we want souls to be saved, lives to be changed. If you've been around church very long, you know a church goes through seasons. And there's a lot of times we say it's dry or there's not a lot of things that's going on. But maybe we ought to reverse that by saying, this is plowing season. Wow, what a thought. Or this yeah. is planting season. Yeah, or this yeah. is watering season. Right. And we have tried to make the church where every time we show up, we have a harvest. Every time we walk through the door, we have a harvest. We want to pick fruit off of it. But how did that get there? The church is not a grocery store where you just go in and pick up what somebody else has produced. The church actually goes through those seasons. And there's times we come to church, we're in plowing season. God's plowing us up and breaking us up. There's times we come to church and God's planting seed. You don't see a lot of growth, but God's planting seeds in our heart, putting things in our life. That's awesome. You come back at times and it's watering season. God's just working on us and watering us, maybe even digging around us. 
And then thank God there are those times that we have a harvest. But it's amazing when you put that concept on the church and think these are not dry times. These are just seasons that we're going through. That's awesome. Yeah, that is. That is. Real good. That might be the time old boy's got his tractor out in the cold day. <laughs> just starting. You yeah. Know, like you, you've got to do it sometime. Sometime. As uh, churches do, it's really easy to compare yourself with what's going on down the road. I've said this plenty of times. When's it going to be our turn? I think you just put the old chairman under conviction <laughs> right there. <laughs> the first one to the altar tonight. Yeah. Now he's heading down there. <laughs> But you have to look long-term. When you look at it from a season's perspective, you have to look long-term. It's not one revival that makes a church. It's not one high time that makes a church. It's the consistency of going through those seasons that make a church. And you look long-term at the, the trajectory, if you will, of a church and see if it's a, if it's a healthy church, it's embracing those seasons that it's going through, and it's using that to build and grow and go in the direction that God wants it to go. I'm not trying to be disparaging to anybody, not trying to say that we have a handle on it and nobody else does, but it does bother me in the Christian community how many people are pushing harvest and not pushing the process of how we get to harvest and developing that in the lives of younger folks. Because you can look at your own life and say, man, I'm not doing a whole lot. There's not a whole lot of fruit. The only way there's not fruit with the gospel is if we don't go through the process of plowing and planning and letting God water because it works every time right. we do it God's way. 100%. Yeah. Our fruitfulness is a product of our faithfulness. Amen. If we want to bear fruit, we've got to be faithful. And in faithful, you have to be full of faith of the process. This is the process God gave the church. And if you have faith in it and you're faithful to it, it'll always produce the result that God said it would produce. Uh, that's awesome. I'm thrilled we came to camp mean today yeah it was good for day two i don't think it's bad no no i mean it's day one for brother brad (laughs) yeah i think they're gonna end up giving in the offerings yeah i'd say tomorrow will be a big offering day (laughs) and just thank brother john those seven years of taking up prayer request culminated in day two of night speaker of (laughs) pardon me pardon Pardon me camp meeting can I take a prayer request tomorrow night? <laughs> hey, thanks for thanks for coming on the show. Oh, it was my privilege. Yes, very good. Yeah, thank you, sir. Very good. My privilege. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear and want to show support, hit the support link in the description below.